outcome-based decisions, how to make them in such a way that will propel your business forward and empower your team to do so, all coming up on today's Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. With me here is Kaylina Myers. Welcome back to the podcast. Last time Kaylina was on the podcast, we were talking about leadership. And I decided to invite her back because she has a very cool concept around decision-making, more importantly, an outcome-based decision. So hi, Kaylina. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm really excited. So tell me a little bit about outcome, specifically outcome-based decisions. Okay. So... I'll rewind just a little bit. Um, We have tried many different approaches to making decisions, and we have constantly found ourselves in decision paralysis, meaning nobody wants to make a decision because they're either worried Mm -hmm. that it's going to be the wrong decision or it's not a decision that I would make or Jason would make. Um, They're just concerned that there's going to be negative recourse towards them. We're going to lose clients. There's just going to be an impact that is, is, is too scary to make a decision. So what we realized is instead of being an SOP land, which basically SOP is just like a really fancy couple letters for telling someone exactly how to do it, which is my was my favorite school of thought, we decided <laughs> to come up with an outcome-based decision-making process for people. It is an easy, solid way to define a problem and then define an outcome and then just reverse engineer with freedom to get to that outcome. So it doesn't necessarily matter how you get there, as long as you have your integrity and you have your morals, as long as you get to the desired outcome. And we found people are really killing it and nailing it with a little bit of freedom. Nice. Wow. So that's really cool. So you're talking about like where why you came to the decision and making outcome-based decisions. So what exactly is like when you go to make a, a decision based on outcome, what does that mean? Yes. Okay. So it's a, it's a loaded question and it actually took a lot of stabs to get there. We kept writing documents that were telling people exactly how to make the decisions. And then we'd have to like, we'd have to like crumple it up and throw it out. But I think that an outcome-based decision is truly taking impact, urgency, and your mission into account. Mm -hmm. And there are several, several different factors. Uh, The first one is acknowledging the root of the problem. And what we mean by that is you're not looking for the smoke of the fire. You're actually looking for what the actual fire, why it started. So it's not about the who made the mistake. It's about what was the issue and how did the issue start so that you can just truly define what the issue is, if that makes any sense. And then from there, there, it's just desiring where do you want to go? So we know where we don't want to be. We know what the problem is. Now let's actually define where we want to go. I find a lot of times once we find the flames, we start trying to go step by step and we don't even know where we're going. So if you and I are talking and we're like, okay, well, we know that this pencil is a problem, but we know we want to have 72 pencils just like this. This is the best example you've ever heard. We at least know (laughs) we're driving, right? So just really understanding where you want to go helps your team navigate to then have freedom in the framework in between. 
Um, and then, of course, we have several other factors that we can go over uh, that help nice, yeah. leaders navigate to their desired outcome. Nice. Wow, that's really cool. So is is like out ba- outcome-based decision, is it like a universal decision-making tool? Like can you like, can you turn to outcome-based decision no matter what you're t- trying to decide? I, so you asked me this earlier and I was like, well, <laughs> such a good question. I think with the proper guardrails, yes, I think outcome-based decision-making can be for anyone. And think about it this way. If you give them a framework of, for instance, seeking reliable information from their teammates, right? Like if you like if you give them a guardrail of um, evaluating the positive and negative impacts of that decision, if you give them a framework of doing your research, like you can't just research one, you need to research two to three areas of impact, right? Examining the financial consequences. If you give your team, okay, so this is, I'm just going to say what we did. We gave our team a very robust checklist of these are the things that we want you to look for and that are the factors of making an excellent decision. We, as your leadership team, 100% back you. We support you. And even if we don't like the decision, if you have defined the problem and you have defined and we agreed upon the outcome, we support however you get there with ethical and moral boundaries, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. And yeah, so no, that, does. that you can define for your team isn't a checklist of how to say, how to manage a front desk, like exactly how Kaylina would, but it would give them guidelines to say, hey, this is how we really, really think an excellent experience would be. Now you tell us how that experience, how you would create that experience. So it's a broader or free range for me as a director of operations to allow somebody to make decisions within the framework. And then it gives that person the freedom to make the decisions, to own it and just really feel like it's theirs. And I don't know about you. kind of like the. Yeah. Well, and I just know when I wake up in the morning, when I feel like I have ownership in it, um, my satisfaction and fulfillment level is a lot higher than if you've given me like, you know, 17 things to do and, and and I check them off by the end of the day. And you have no freedom within that. It's kind of like having like the guardrails when you're bowling, you know? You just know you're going to nail it. It's just which path it's going to take to get there. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, visualizations. <laughs> nice. I love that. Um, I love that because it brings a lot of empowerment for your team to be able to like, like, like you were saying, like, here's how I want you to make decisions. And here is a, here is a process to make decisions that I know you'll get to a good enough decision that we can talk about that outcome together because you'll have shown me how to make the decision. If I, and if you can prove to me how you went through this process, you're going to come to a conclusion that it may not be what I had chosen, but it's also a viable option because not every decision when you're making decisions for things, not everything that sometimes there's not only one answer. No, there's not. And like some, here's some more ideas of a framework is that, um, is the action or the outcome in parallel with the mission. If you have a real Mm. clear mission, then that immediately, everything we do, I mean, we even have an outcome-based org chart. So like productions, like it's very clear that like the outcome of productions is to create content to help us elevate the world's perception of the beauty industry. Like sales, Mm. very clear that they are to attract and then bring in new clients that will hopefully elevate the world's perception of the beauty industry. So just even if you can define your mission, which if that's where you're starting, like, hell yes, like start there. Like, what is your mission of your company? Is it, if it's a salon, is it to empower and make people feel beautiful? Like, what is it? And then start to wrap 
all of your decisions around that is the outcome. How do we move towards that? Nice. So you're kind of saying like the first step is really to unify your entire company. So you own your salon. So you salon owners listening, like unify your company on what your core values are. What is your main mission of your salon? You may think like, oh, well, we do hair, we serve people, but there is one for every company. You got to find like, what is it that you're driving for? And even if it's you and why you started your salon in the first place, what purpose, like what is your big why? And then get your entire team on board with that why. Because the biggest thing is like our whole team is bought into, we know that we, our mission is to elevate the world's perception of the beauty yeah. industry. So it, we all are bought into that mission. And therefore for every position that we hold, we run it through that cycle. So when you, when you discover your why, and then you you empower your team or you bring them in on that why and they all buy in, outcome-based decisions, all focusing on that will be a whole lot easier. Yeah. And then so also talk to me. Too. Oh, I'm sorry. And then also code of honor. Okay. That was the other thing like we, you and I kind of touched mm. on before is that not only do we know what our mission is as a company, we also have a code of honor that really defines how we have agreed to yeah. act, withhold ourselves and move within the company, meaning now we have a moral framework, a rational framework that tells us how we move. So if we know the mission, where we're moving to, and we know how to conduct ourselves in a way, then I don't know how you really go wrong, if that makes any sense. That would be step two is like, do you have a solid code of honor? Do you have an agreed upon behaviors, actions that any of anybody in your salon, your barbershop, your organization can like call it at any second and be like, ooh, that was great. That was great. Like you're right in line with your code of honor. Like for instance, we have something called you're on time by being early. That is one of our code of Mm -hmm. honor. Anybody here knows that. Right. Or if someone's like going down a rabbit hole, like we know one of our code of honors is to call it at the most necessary point. And I can be like, hey, Kayla, I want to support you and help you. I'm going to call you right now on this so I can support you to get out of this rabbit hole because it's an agreed upon behaviors. So again, your mission, you have your agreed upon behaviors. You've defined the problem. You've defined the outcome. There's so much freedom now to let your people make really great decisions and then freaking back them. Like back yeah, if you wow. don't like it. Yeah. And coming from somebody who is the, you know, the employee in the mix of this kind of decision-making, it really is. It helps. It's helped me thrive as a person. It's helped me thrive as an entrepreneur and somebody who wants, like, I want to build, I work for a company, but I want to build myself individually and who I am as a leader, who I am as, you know, that kind of thing. And I love that. So if you're a salon owner and you're like, a good place to just start is you got to get really clear understanding what kind of culture you want in your salon. I know we talk to a lot of salon owners who like they have a lot of drama and like, you know, the girls are working really close together or guys, the people in your salon are working really close together and they're around each other a lot. And there's just so much room for them to, there's a lot of different personalities, a lot of different things that play such a role in how people operate. And so when you get super clear on what kind of culture you want to cultivate, and you do the work to actually put energy into defining that culture and the code of honor and what your mission is and your why, that's honestly the best place to start in building your team. And us as a High Performance Lawn Academy, that is one of the first things that we start when you come into the academy is looking into your culture and what does it look like, number one. Um, Because from that comes all of this other stuff. You start there and we point back to code of honor and any topic that we talk about. I mean, code of honor and kicking it with Jason and so many things that we do, code of honor comes up all the time because it is such a foundational piece of everything. Yeah. And a code of honor without practice, we've learned 
is just another piece of paper with words on it. So finding ways of organization, we've lived this like this, like we have, we have lived having the piece of paper with all the codes and actually not acting on it now as an organization, I think we're actually living it. And that's the exciting part because now we just have this shared vocabulary. We have a shared agreement. We just have a shared vision. And like one thing I was thinking about too is that we don't have conversations a lot about how do I get there anymore? I mean, this Mm. office, everyone's office was flooded with what do I do? Like, what do I do? What is the decision? And now it, it has almost always landed on, well, this is where I want, where do you want to go? Well, this is where we need yeah. to, this is, this is what we want. And then it's like, just be free. Okay. I'll help you figure that out. But like what I'm realizing after what, like a solid, like 90 days of this, people are flying. I mean, they're yeah. flying. And when I don't like it or someone else doesn't like it, it just gives us the opportunity to explore how we got there. Number one, and two, how we course correct. I don't know. Yeah. It feels really yeah. good. And it feels freeing. It does feel. And I think it feels freeing yeah. for everybody. See, freeing as like you as the salon owner, like you, it'd be freed for you as the owner and for your employees, which is a no brainer. So you were talking about something on like boundaries and all that stuff. So let's dive into that a little bit. So like what, when you're making a decision, you're empowering your team, but what requires like a double check? Like where, where is the limit of like, okay, wait, let, I need to, before you make that decision, I need to double check it. Yep. Okay. So what I will say is the biggest one for us is when it comes to finances, I think everyone's going to have their currency of what are the non-negotiables you must, you must speak to me first. Uh, One conversation I have with Jason constantly when we are talking about any kind of outcome is what are your non-negotiables? Because what I want to do is I want to know like, what's the problem? What is your desired outcome? And then what are you absolutely unwilling to change? That helps me know when I need to go to a double check because I definitely don't want to cross paths on something that is actually yeah. absolutely non-negotiable. The other thing is financial ramifications. Um, here specifically, like we have a set dollar amount. If it is over that dollar amount, it needs a double check. And the reason being is because, you know, mistakes cost money and we try to limit the mistakes to um, less money is what I would say. Or yes. if it is a, for us, we're a big organization, cross-departmental is that a word? When you go from one yes. department to another, but that could even be, honestly, you guys, that could be from like your station to somebody else's. Do you know what I mean? Having clear boundaries of like, what, what is a non-negotiable for my teammate to the right and to the left, to the front, to yeah. the back, if that makes any sense. Just absolute communication on when will I cross the line if I don't at least consult Kayla or Kayla consults Kayla. Yeah. Like it's almost like when when the decision that you're going to make directly affects another person yeah. is the time when you start to be like, okay, let's let's think this through because you, that decision, may, while it makes good for you, it's going to greatly affect the, this person over here. So let's make sure that we double check that that's a good decision for everybody involved. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Nice. I love that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a massive conversation. You could even get in the habit of like, hey, when you need a double check, like if you're a salon owner, if you need a double check, let's just say this to your team, just shoot me a text and please say like, mm. here is my issue. Here is my solution. Can you please give me a thumbs up if we're good or please give yeah. me feedback? That simple. Love and then that. isn't that freedom for a salon owner to be like, yep. Super good. I love we have a saying called the truth is simple. So just if you you have something, you need to be honest about it, just say, ask, say, hey, want to make this, run it by you. Super simple. It can be that easy. It genuinely can. Like you'll be like, yeah, well, that's not going to work for my salon. Well, it genuinely can be, but you've got to build that culture in your salon first. A hundred percent. 
Nice. All right. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. I've loved this. It's been great. We've been talking about decision-based outcomes. When we come back from commercial break, we are going to talk about how to empower your team. We're going to dive directly into that of how to speak to your team, how to implement, how to build a decision, outcome-based decisions in your salon. So stay with us. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with SalonScale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, SalonScale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, SalonScale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Welcome back to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Again, I have Kaylina Myers here. We've been talking about decision-making, specifically outcome-based decision-making. Um, and it's basically just making a decision in your salon or in your life that's based off of a desired outcome and serving your missions. We talked about your why. We talked about defining your why and defining your culture and your code of honor and building a t- building a culture in your salon that decision-making – outcome-based decisions is a no-brainer and it will make sense. So if you're just tuning in and you miss the first half, go watch it. It's important. But now we are jumping into how to empower your team to make decision-based outcomes because it's one thing for you to learn it and for you to embody outcome-based decisions, but it's a whole other thing to teach it to a bunch of people. So Kaylina, talk to me about your process on how you empowered your team to make outcome-based decisions. (sighs) Well, um, I think the biggest thing was team buy-in. And so Mm. basically you're going to go to your team and be like, Hey, I heard this great idea on this podcast. And I think there's going to be this moment where they all look at you and think, yeah, right. You're not letting go of control. You're going to totally diss me when I make a decision that you don't agree with. And I don't, I don't want the pressure. I would say the first thing you do is you get together a couple different things. The first thing is is you write them a letter. And I wrote a letter and signed it that everyone has access to a copy of that basically says, we called it um, how to make a decision like a boss. That basically, if you go through the framework of how to make a decision like a boss, then I will 100% support you and empower you to either continue to make that decision or I will course correct you as long as you agree to the course correction to make Hmm. the next decision. And notice I didn't say the right decision because I don't believe there's a right and wrong decision unless again, you're going down a moral slope, which is again, a code of honor thing. Um, But they have, there's a copy of it and I signed it because I, you have to break a massive, massive massive problem in most salons or organizations, and you have to build back up trust and buy-in. So the first thing you're going to do is tell your team, I've got your freaking back. When I don't like it, I'm not going to be a big baby about it. And that's really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, And the second thing you're going to do is when they come to you, you're going to stop freaking fishing for them, and you're going to teach them how to fish. I literally had stickies all over my desk 
that just said outcome on them. I don't know if you even noticed these, Kayla. Like they were all Mm -hmm. over the place because like someone would come in with a problem and I would immediately go into solve it mode. It's where I found my self-worth. It's how I've made it this far is that I am a problem solver. I will sniff it out like a dog and I will find a solution. But that has been my detriment at this point. Mm. So again, as a salon owner, if you want freedom to be able to have more time off and to have your team start making more decisions and have that ownership, you have to teach them how to make a decision. So when someone comes in now, I don't say, oh, well, this is what I think. The first thing I say is, okay, problem, got the problem. Okay. Where do you want to go? What is the outcome? And what do you think? Hmm. And what do you think is the most important part of that? Because I guarantee all your team has a thought. They're just too afraid or I'm or you are too busy already talking. And I think a lot of owners, operators, we get in this real weird mix between we talk a lot and we like our team can't tell if we're spitting facts or we're brain, we're just starting to like turn the wheels. So just stop and ask them what they think. You would be so surprised. Wow. Right. And then after you think it's what do we do now? How can I support you on what you need to do? Not what am I going to do for you? How can I support you? Because at the end of the day, I'm purely here for support at this point. Yeah. Wow. So talk to me a little bit about like when they do and you ask for their opinion, what, how do you then in return, like empower them and and validate and give them value? Like you show your, show them, Hey, I value what you're saying. So what if they say something like, Hey, I say this and you're like, ooh, not quite there. Or you have like, tell me your reaction to people when they come to you. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> That's good. That's okay. I think the truth is simple and kind. Like you had already mentioned earlier, we really push that. There is a book called The Four Agreements. Um, mm. If you have not read it, it changed my life. Uh, rule number one is be impeccable with your words. Mean what you say, say what you mean. Number two is do not take anything personal. Typically, anything that comes out of my mouth is about me, not about you. Number three is don't make any assumptions. And number four is you're going to mess up, so start over again. So I think that when any conversation happens, whether you like the the decision or not, you ask the same questions over again. What was your problem? What was your desired outcome? What was your decision? And then if you don't like it, would you have done something differently or you just bring it up because the truth is kind. Like, I think we missed something here, but what I will say, and I stand by my word, I do not berate people ever, ever. I do not believe in it because I wouldn't make a decision if I was scared. Why? 100%. So if you want a bunch of leaders, if you want a lot of badass freedom fighting leaders in your salon, in your business, you better support them even when the decision maybe isn't the right decision or yeah. if it it could have been better. But at yeah. the end of the day, like course correction is only going to make them stronger as long as it's positive. Yeah. Did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Because like, I know like, it's like, there's a lot of stuff we talk about. There's no one size fits all. Like, there's not like, oh, do this and this is going to happen. It's like, you've got to embody yourself. Like, you know, Kaylina has just found this, this, this way to make decisions and how it's in, in very functionally worked for us as a team. And it's universal to an extent, but you also have to make it your own. I mean, you know you and you're not Kaylina, you are your own person. So this is like a structure of a concept to embody, but then it's for you to take back to your team and to, for you to own it and make it your own. And how do you interact with your team taking these concepts and how do you empower them to make decisions? 
And again, going back to what's your why? Why did you start your salon? Why are you doing what you do? Why do you wake up every single day and go into your salon and you work and you hired employees? Like, why did you own a salon rather than just working behind a chair? Like you figure these things out and know why. And then you apply that to your team and help them know why too. But their why of why they're working for you might be different. So having those meetings, having those collaboration on getting, aligning your goals together is really important and getting their buy-in. I love when you use that, Kaylin, and you said, get their buy-in. And there's a really good book called, um, what's that book that we went through, the leadership book? Uh, I definitely want to recommend it. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Well, uh, hardest word ever, irrefutable. I mean, he could have come up with an easier word, but it does give you the 21 basic laws of leadership. Yeah. And buy-in is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So we just went through that book as leaders in our company. Um, and so I'd highly recommend that to anybody listening to even start there with your staff um, to go through. Last thing, Kaylina, what advice do you have for fellow salon owners when it comes to making effective, impactful decisions for their business? Like what is your final, like, this is what I have for you? Yes. Okay. So I think that what we've learned, and we're still honing this in, but I think every person within your business, your salon, your organization needs to know how they directly impact the mission and how they directly impact um, change. And so Mm -hmm. I would say when it comes to anything decision-based, any decision at all, if you always bring it back to giving somebody importance, I mean, you guys, I don't care if it, it doesn't matter what their role is. You can find importance and a reason to support the mission with anybody in your salon anybody. No one likes to go to work and feel like they are just on like the mouse wheel or they're just like, again, like ticking boxes. They need to know they matter. They need to know why their actions make a difference. And once they know why they make a difference and you give them a framework to start to have some freedom, then all of a sudden they're starting to grow and they're maturing. And and then you have ownership and then you can leave and take vacations and you can delegate more. And, you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, but then you have people that are working for you that feel like it's theirs and it should be theirs because they spend most of their time there. I mean, we talked about that in the last podcast. It would be a shame for the people in this organization not to feel as if they were impacting and moving the needle and this be theirs, which means the change and the mission is theirs too. Wow. Gosh, I love that. I love, you know, being somebody who has that kind of leadership and have that kind of empowerment and who it's helped me be. And I have a whole team under me too. And just, I spent a lot of my time just trying to tell them what to do and make the decisions for them. And so then I had all seven of them running at me, be like, what, what are you here? Do I do that? And they were just all, I'm like, I am trying to get my own job done. Like somebody figure it out yourself. But I realized that that started with me. Like, I'm like, oh man, nobody can make a decision right here. Everybody needs me for something. But that was a culture that I created in my, de- my department and in my team. Yeah. And so it starts with you as a salon owner, you know, you became a salon owner and you have a team and you have a responsibility as the leader for them to create an environment where they want to stay. You know, there's a lot of, we have a lot of people in our academy who've had people come and go. I mean, if you're a salon owner, guaranteed you've had somebody leave, maybe a walkout, you've had things happen. And Jason says something, he says, people leave when they no longer see any value where they are. 
And so if you continuously give them value and you can consistently give them things to work towards and work on and work for and empower them, that's what people want. We're no, like nobody wants to sit and be puppets. Like you said, nobody wants to show up to work every single day and just sit there and get told what to do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who does that do, but chances are your team are not those people and they are looking to you to be like, okay, how can I become a better person? And all these tactics, I've applied them as a mom. I've applied them as yes. an individual with my family. It's universally decision-making, not just for business, but also for your personal life. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Kaylina. This has been really fun. I love learning about this stuff and hopefully you got something out of this too. I would love if you dropped in the comments or you sent us a message with, you saw this podcast and what you do, what your takeaways were um, and what, what your experience has been making decisions. So drop that in the comments. If you're listening, thank you for being here. If you're watching, hello and goodbye. And uh, I'll see you on next episode of the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Bye. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.